Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. Jeff, it was another week in the world of baseball. You traveled outside the farm system this week for a night last night. You not tell anyone, are you? Well, I think it's fun how into minor league baseball you are. That's not cheating? No, it's not cheating. <laughs> it's um, No, I love that. It, 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 I mean, Trenton, Trenton is where it all started. Trenton is, is really the first of the minor league before. I mean, I, once I went as a kid to the Jersey City Indians, but Trenton is where it all started when Nomar Garcia Parra was there. They were the Reds. Actually, first they were the Tigers affiliate, then they were the Red Sox affiliate, then they became the Yankees affiliate. And you've gone back there with your son for years. And yeah, it's a great park. It's right on the Delaware. Um, and you get to see lots. Yesterday, there was somebody rehabbing. Uh, the Red Sox then had their number one pitching prospect come in, Darwinson Hernandez. The Yankees always have tons of prospects there, so you get to see lots of talent. The Fightins play there in a few weeks. Maybe we'll get up there. Let's go. Uh, to, to check it out. But mm-hmm. uh, let's run through the system this week. Uh, first, let's talk Cole Irvin. Uh, you know, we get to Lehigh Valley, but um, he hasn't gone back down yet. I don't think he's going back down for a while. I'm not. Yeah, he's looked comfortable at the big league level. He's two solid starts, uh, third start last night against the Cubs and Cole Hamels. What did you tell me? It's the first time two Coles have ever started against each other. you got to wonder how these guys figure this information out. You know, <laughs> Who goes like, back and looks at the starters? Yeah, I mean, is there like a computer program that's a, that looks up pitcher's name Cole and then whether sure they face each other? I'm sure that somebody could create an algorithm to go through a spreadsheet, but uh, last week, uh, a little tough week for the Iron Pigs, still in second place a game back of the Syracuse Mets at 22 and 19, but they're 3 and 7 in their last 10. Jeff, give me some bright spots. Nick Pavetta? You want that one? I want that one. Okay, so Nick Pavetta, his last start wasn't great, but the, the start before that, it was 7 innings, 1 run, 11 Ks. Uh, he's 3 and 1 with 3.09 ERA before the start that he had on Tuesday night, which was a little rough. So, he was named International League Pitcher of the Year. Week. Or week, sorry. You're getting out uh, of your Cole shot. Irvin was the International League Pitcher of the Year last year. Yeah. There we go. So, um, he's pitching well, but I still don't think that he's ready to come back. I think that he's going to be there for a while. Uh, I think he could be. Obviously, Vince Velasquez thinks he's healthy and ready to come back, wants to get back in the rotation. So right now, it doesn't look like there's a spot for Pavetta unless they bring him up in the bullpen. Um, Which is, by the way, good for the Iron Pigs. Um, the Iron Pigs lost all that starting pitcher, pitching, and Eikhoff went up. They either went up or down. Yeah, so Eikhoff goes up. He's doing well. Irvin goes up. He's doing well. Unfortunately, uh, Ranger and Drew Anderson have not pitched up to their capabilities right now. And JoJo has just really struggled going with a 9.64 ERA, 2.25 whip in seven AAA starts. And they just sent him down, uh, reassigned him to Redding. Uh, and he had a tough, tough first inning in Redding. But you know that he has the stuff. Yeah. And so he's just going to have to figure out what's changed. Um, I, I have, of all the people in the system, I have some confidence that he's going to be able to, based on you know our conversations with him in the past, he sort of has that mentality. You think he's going to get a handle on it, but he struggled to start the season. Yeah, the, you know, he's one of those guys. You know, you, when you when people apply for a job and say they got too much on their resume, they're too overqualified. He might be one of those guys, and until he figures out and sticks with going with a smaller group of pitches that he can command better instead of the eight different pitches he has, he might continue to. Struggle 
struggle, but I think he's smart enough that he'll figure it out. Dylan Cousins out for a while, uh, had some surgery. On his foot. Uh, questions of whether he'll be back this season. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. In Clearwater, they've won six of their last ten, continue to dig out of their early season hole. Every time I turn around, Alec Bohm is blasting the ball out of the ballpark, Jeff. <laughs> um, he is in the entire Philly system. He's first, This is through May 21st. First in hits with 55, second in runs with 25, fourth in homers with six, second in RBIs with 27, first in doubles with 15, second in OPS at 951, and second in batting average at 340. And that's going from one level to the other. Pretty level. good. Yeah. Uh, Damon Jones has a 1.80 earned run average, 13.3 Ks per nine innings through his eight starts. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can't get much better than that. Uh, we, we got our interview that we're going to play in a minute with uh, Lakewood Blue Claws manager Mike Micucci, and you're going to be out there this weekend getting some interviews. Uh, they've struggled a little bit start season. Tell me about them. They've had a difficult time, and they're 15 and 29 in the Northern Division, last place, 18 and a half games back of Delmarva. But it's a half and half season. That's right. So, because things change so much in between the first half and second half with people moving around. So, there are some bright spots. One of them is Ethan Ivanko, who and Tyler Carp, both of which we talked about previously. And I think the High Hopes uh, good luck charm, they got knocked up to Clearwater. Um, and then the, maybe the best story of the young season is Kyle Glagoski. I just want to I hope I'm pronouncing name. it right. Two and one in four games, 0.79 ERA, 11 innings pitch, 0.88 whip, 17 Ks. Kyle's from New Zealand. I don't know about you, but me, I want to find out from somebody in the Phillies uh, farm system how they found him. You're going to have to ask them when they get there. For now, let's go to our interview with Mike Micucci. We are here in Clearwater with Lakewood Blue Claws new manager, Mike Micucci. How's it going? Good. It's going great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for joining us. So how exciting is this in camp, ready to get ready for the season with Lakewood? Got all your guys out here on the field seeing what they can do. What's this like for you? Yeah, uh, this is really special. Uh, You know, I'm I'm humbled and honored uh, to be a part of this organization. Uh, I think this is my 25th season. Uh, in uh, professional baseball, and, and this is my first uh, spring training in um, in Florida. I've never had a spring training in Florida, so I'm enjoying it. It's really nice. You've always been in Arizona, Arizona, huh? yeah. Always West Coast teams. <laughs> yep, AL West for a long time. So you can't you come here from the Seattle organization, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. What was it like to to be over in that organization and come over here? And have you noticed anything different about the two organizations? Oh, this. Uh, there, um, this is a you know, a lot of analytics-driven um, organization over here. Uh, a lot of resources, a lot of technology. Um, you know, there's just like I said, a lot of resources to help players get better. Uh, probably ahead of the curve of what Seattle was. We we talked to Josh earlier today, and Josh mentioned the area that they call R and D. Yes. Uh, is that something that that is is new to you? It is new to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to have a whole department of it. I mean, they talked about it. Uh, a little bit, but to have a whole department to be able to bounce ideas and, and get some information and just more information. We're just trying to manage all the information to help the players. It's all for the players and to help them get better. So whatever we can do, and there's so much technology out there, so it's not a guessing game anymore. I mean, they can really tell us what's actually happening, and we don't have to just kind of guess and think. 
you know, we think it's happening. We actually know it's happening. Well, you, your background is you were a catcher. Yes. Um, what do you think it is about catchers that they seem to end up coaching so much? We see that with Pat Borders, one of your colleagues here, uh, Dusty Wath and those guys. What is it about catching that, that leads to coaching? I, I think they see the game from a different perspective than, than what some other maybe position players see it from and and they you know have relationships with pitchers all those years so I think it makes you know it creates a a, a type of person where you have that leadership skill from being behind the plate but it also you know you have, you kind of understand the whole game and, and but you understand the pitching as well so I think it just kind of those guys kind of fall into that spot, I guess. What's it like for you to get to come back home? You're you're from Westwood originally. You lived up in Bergen County. You went played your ball at Montclair. Now you get to be back in Jersey with Lakewood. What's that like for you? Yeah, it's pretty special. I mean, it's really uh, it's something that uh, I know my my family and I we're in Texas now, but we're really looking forward to going, being up there, kind of being back home, so to speak. And we have a lot of relatives. I have a lot of friends that you know all live up in the area. People who are going to want to see the game. Yeah, ticket requests now. Tickets and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah, you're going to get but, ticket um, requests now. I th- and you know just just to be with a first class organization. You know, like the Phillies and Lakewood, both organizations, you know, really first class. and Beautiful ballpark. There. Yeah. So it's just, like I said, I'm just honored to be a part of it. You know, humbled to be over here and really uh, enjoying it. You're one of the people that, that Mike uh, Zanino credits with changing his swing and making him a better hitter. What was it like working with him and also having to, at times, be frank with him. I read, I read a story that, you know, you were the one that had to tell him, maybe it's time to go back to the minor leagues for a little bit and, and work on your swing. What's it like to be a coach and have to go through that process and then see the fruits of your labors turn out as positive as they've turned out? I mean, it, it kind of starts where you really feel for the player. You know he's going through some, some struggles, and you kind of – I was fortunate enough. I was, you know, up at the big leagues at that time when, when they had sent him out to, uh, back to AAA and and uh, tasked with going down there and kind of telling them, putting this new plan in place and what we were going to do. And you know, you do your homework. I felt pretty passionate about it. I, you know, I have been watching Mike for a year or so and kind of watching what he was doing and what he was going through. And I felt like we had a good opportunity to to make some changes and really get the most out of his ability. Um, so yeah, the conversation, uh, that conversation actually started where I let him kind of talk, and he he probably talked for about 30, 40 minutes, and I just kind of sat there and listened to him, you know. And then when he was done, you know, I kind of presented what we were thinking about doing, and you know, showed him some some video, showed him some similar type players that, you know, body types are the same, and and he kind of profiles out cut like this guy and. You know, put a drill package together and, and kind of he ran with it, you know, and it was really good for him because uh, he's he's a, you know, obviously a great person and a, and a good friend, um, but uh, he's he's a good ball player and there's there's a lot in there. You also during that process, I heard that one of one of Philly's fan favorites, Carlos Ruiz, was somebody that expressed some reluctance to maybe that happening. How did how did Carlos get involved in this process and what was it like working with Carlos? I was in I was kind of in charge of the catchers uh, in minor league and, and throughout the season with the major league catchers, you know, so in, in major league camp, so I would have to go up to Seattle, you know, periodically, and, and when we sent Mike out, I remember being with Chooch in the bullpen, and he, he said, geez, you know, what, you know, 
what's going to happen with Mike, you know, I'm worried about him, you know, I, don't you think he can fix it here and this and that, and I said, don't worry, Chooch, when he comes back, he's going to be an animal, you know, so, Chooch kind of laughed at that, and boy, what a great person to meet, I was so fortunate to be able to work with those two guys, and I mean, Carlos is one of the nicest, most genuine people you ever come around, and I, I even asked some of the guys here, I said, does Chooch come around, is he going to come around, or something like that, I, if he does, I really hope to see him. Yeah, it seems like you've had the opportunity to work with lots of different players through the years. Is there something that you've developed that makes you able to relate and deal with those situations? Obviously, catcher, you've you've dealt in high-stress situations with pitchers, calming them down. You've managed a game from the field itself. How different is it for you to manage from the dugout as opposed to on the field? Um, I mean, you see the game a little bit differently. I would say that, you know, all my experiences that I've had and you kind of grow into who you're going to be and obviously I'm way different than I was when I started, you know, managing back in 2006 or, you know, even coaching in 2000 um, and you learn and you grow just like everybody else. I'm probably, you know, a much better listener than I was, you know, 15 years ago or whatever and you listen to the players and you... Can you help Jeff with that? I'm working on getting him to listen to me in the show. There's a point at which you pass if it's too late. <laughs> There's a sweet spot where you can learn. I missed that I missed that sweet spot for you, Jeff. But I think you just, you know, you, they have you have to gain their trust and and before you can do anything. So, in order to gain their trust, you have to build relationships with them, you know, and you have to spend time with them and the only way you can do that is you kind of have a listen to them and and I really enjoy talking to the guys just about you know not even baseball you know about their try and learn about their families where they're from you know you basically have to be a life coach along with a baseball coach when you got younger guys especially in the minor leagues you know especially at this level you're really trying to teach them not only to be good ball players but first and foremost you're trying to teach them to be men you know and good men that can go out in the community and and you know serve in the community and and do things and, and become role models or whatever and then you know they're going to be parents someday and you know so yeah you know and their their parents are are entrusting their kids with this organization so it's our job to you know really kind of continue to develop them as men you know and as baseball players once you do the things that you're talking about and, and work with them. You're kind of a, a parent away from home at times. You also have to take on this role as a coach and at times almost a, a role of as a friend. How do you draw the line as to doing all of those different things? I think you set the standards and you set the parameters pretty, pretty directly, like right out of the gate. Um, and you let them know that you'll be there for them, you know, when, when you need them. But you also, you know, just like being a parent, you also, you know, discipline's involved and you have to do things the right way. And, you know, you have to remember, you know, the players have to remember they represent, you know, themselves first. They represent the Philly organization, you know, and they represent their families. And you, you got you to gotta think about all that. You know, there's a tremendous amount of pride and it. it's a privilege to wear this uniform. It's not their right to wear it. It's a privilege. And, you know, it's our job to kind of teach them that. Do people realize that at times? We often ask the players what it's like when they have people out here asking for their autographs or they recognize them out. 
But I wonder, do you think it sinks into the players sometimes just what a privilege it is to get to go play ball on a beautiful grass field I, I definitely day? think it does. You know, I definitely think it also gets away from them at times too, you know, and they, they feel like, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit too much and you know, whatever, but this is kind of the path they've chosen, this is the life they've chosen. If they have any aspirations of going over there and being, in the, you know, a major leaguer, it's going to get even worse and it's going to be more magnified. So, you know, part of our job is to prep them for that as well. You know, I really believe strongly in being connected with the community, you know, and I've already talked to Lakewood about trying to be, you know, doing some com community service things with our club. And I know they do a great job already with stuff like that. You know, I think that's important to be connected with the fans. I mean, they're coming out there to watch them play. You know, they deserve their best effort when they get on the field. You know, they also deserve, you know, for them to go up and talk to them and, and say hello to them and sign their balls and, you know, sign with the stuff that they have. I mean, that's that's part of being the thing. Just as much as having that at bat or, you know, or playing the game the right way, but, you know, going about your business, that's part of being a professional as well and how you treat the fans and how you, you know, the respect that they deserve. With the shows that we do, we often talk about that, the impact that sports can have on community and society. What do you feel the players get out of it? Because we know what the community gets out of it, seeing the athletes there and everything that they can get excited about. Do you think it helps the players develop emotionally and professionally to be out there doing some work among the people of the country? I think they find, even the ones that are maybe a little reluctant, I think they come to, they find that they're, you know, there's something bigger than themselves, you know, and it helps them kind of get out there. And I think it helps them understand, like, how privileged they are, you know, especially when you go to, you know, feed the homeless or, you know, you take them to, you know, a children's hospital and you do stuff like that. And they, they're very fortunate. They've been, you know, God's blessed them with something, you know, and they, they definitely need to give back. And, and I know the organization's pretty passionate about that, and I know I'm passionate about it. You're going to back to New Jersey uh, as, as somebody who uh, played for Montclair. I'm guessing there'll be a bobblehead at some point for you. Um, <laughs> but, but the real question Jersey boys always have to answer, especially from where you're from, is favorite Springsteen song? Uh, well, look at you going right, right. there. You, you, you got I'm more it. of a Bon Jovi guy. Okay. Okay. So see, I you know, accept that. <laughs> well, then, you, then you guys are both younger than me. Can we I go Wanted Dead or Alive? I'm, I'll take you, that. Bon Jovi, you whatever your favorite is. Yeah, Springsteen yeah. would be the um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. One, there you, you go. Uh -huh. Getting away a little bit more of the the spin he put on that one on the uh, the uh, holiday song. All right. So so. We heard that when you were back at coaching in the Lumber Kings. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that you, who seemed like a very mild-mannered guy. Yeah, I'm shocked and, to learn what I'm yeah, seeing. Yeah, and, and another mild-mannered guy who used to manage the Phillies, Ryan Sandberg, had uh, an incident. Mm -hmm. yeah. can, can you tell us what happened and who started it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a very, very good team uh, at the time, and... And he did not have team wasn't wasn't as talented as my team was. Okay. Um, so over the course of I want to say you know two seasons you know playing each other you know 11, 12 times a year we definitely had the upper hand. Um, I was with Texas at the time, and like I said, we were extremely uh, talented. So I was very fortunate and lucky to have those teams. Um, we had a 
a six-run lead in the sixth inning and one of our young Latin players like squared around to potentially bunt, which he felt like we were running it up on him. And, you know, I expressed to the Latin player that I wanted him to swing away. And, you know, as young players do, they make mistakes or whatever. But he wasn't too excited about that and, you know, kind of came across the field. But I don't know if it says in there that... You know, I didn't get thrown out of that game. No, just head. just Ryan so, did. So, you know, that just kind of goes to show how I handled it. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, yeah, it was just, you know, one of those things was unfortunate. We weren't trying to do anything, um, you know, uh, to embarrass the other team um, or, or him or whatever. But Can you talk about that for a sec, sort of the unwritten rules of baseball? Jeff talks about that all the time, the – um, what's acceptable, what isn't. How do you deal with that with young players growing up and learning and teaching them? I try and just worry about my own team. Uh, I try not to worry about what the other team's trying to do. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I feel like if they're trying to run it up on us or do something that, you know, is deemed disrespectful, you know, you almost take it as a compliment, like they feel like the lead isn't good enough or whatever, and the shoe's always going to be on the other foot at some point, and you have a chance to get them back or whatever. But, I mean, there's a certain way the game should be played. I try and worry about our team, what we do, how we play the game. Um, everybody's at times going to take offense, I think, to things that happen. And just understanding, you know, at the level you're at, you're dealing with, you know, sometimes 17, 18, 19-year-old kids that, you know, I mean, they're out there. They're playing the game. You're trying to guide them the best they can. But, you know, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do some things. And it's happened to me before, too. Teams, you know, manager would come over and like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't want that guy to bunch. You know, we were up 11 runs or whatever. And I was like, hey, I know you didn't want him to bunch. He's, he's a young kid. I'm not going to do anything about it. So, I just worry about our club and make sure that we do things right. As somebody who's a catcher, um, you've got to appreciate good pitching. And the the Phillies organization, especially Lakewood last year, had an insanely good pitching staff. They seem to be able to draft and develop young pitchers. Are you excited to work with with the kind of young pitching that, that the Phillies organization has been able to draft? And yeah, I mean, pitching wins, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it's really good to see young pitchers uh, come up that have, you know, electric stuff and, and you know, as they develop and they, they learn to be consistent, repeat their deliveries and command the baseball, you know, throw secondary pitches behind in the count and do all those things that are going to help them be successful. But, yeah, I think it starts right there with pitching, you know, obviously. And, you know, the defense, I talked to the club today a little bit, you know, in in, uh, our meeting before we uh, went about our drills today and what we were doing and just tried to express to them, like, that, you know, defense needs to be there every single day. You know, I understand we're going to make mistakes and physical errors are going to happen or whatever, but consistently throw the ball, make the routine play. Base running needs to be there like every single day. You know, the hitting kind of based on who you're facing. Mm-hmm. You face a good pitcher, you know, you're, you're scrambling to scratch some runs, but, you know, if those other two things are there every day and we can pitch a little bit, we got a chance to win. Coaches. The group, the group of coaches that, that we've gotten to talk to and now adding you to it seems like a great group of coaches. Have you enjoyed this spring working with this group of coaches? Oh, I've, uh, I, I, I can't say it enough. I mean, what a, what a great group um, Josh has put together. Uh, 
it's just you know a, it's an interesting dynamic I mean you've got some young guys you've got some ex- older guys you have major leaguers ex-major leaguers um, so but just uh, the way everybody received me it's truly like a family um, and to walk in and be the new person and to walk into that clubhouse and essentially not know anybody like I said, being on Arizona for so many years that you really don't know anybody on the East Coast. And I come over here and just to be welcomed and, and you really, it, it's a special thing that they have going on here. And it, like I said, I'm just honored and humbled to be a part of this organization. What are your thoughts? Obviously, there's been a lot of change at the big league level with bringing in a lot of all-stars. How does that help you as a manager? You know, the other day we look out and we see Bryce Harper giving advice to Mickey Moniak. Um, we see some players standing in and they're telling pitchers, you know, you should do this or you're, you're showing a pitch. How does that help you to have some more experienced players there to help your minor league guys here in spring training to help develop their own game? It's invaluable. I mean, um, those guys always will seek them out and they'll look to them. I know my time in Seattle, uh, they were always, you know, Robbie would have a group. Robinson Cano would have a group of guys he was be talking to on the infield or something or you would see guys huddled around Nelson Cruz's locker um, you know talking to Felix Hernandez you know the pitchers or whatever but you know just to have that they've been through so you know so many of experiences they played in so many you know tight ball games meaningful games and you know they they're they're the best for a reason you know so they have some some information and some good stuff to give these kids well, Mike, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in Lakewood this year. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very Appreciate much. The best of luck Appreciate with everything. Thank, thank you for the time. We look forward to seeing you. One piece thank of you. advice, stay away from Buster. <laughs> he's, he's the mascot. He could be a little trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to make sure he messes with the other coaches. Exactly. There you go. Thank thanks you. so much. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Jeff, I look forward to hearing more from Lakewood this weekend. Let's uh, move to Reading, who will be following our show at 635 tonight. Tell me what happened last week and what we got going on tonight. I'll tell you what happened yesterday. David Parkinson had another great outing. That's good. Six innings pitched, five hits, one run, three walks, nine strikeouts. Look, that's that's what you want to see. Uh, the Fightins are going to face the Flying Squirrels tonight from, from Richmond. They're two and a half games back of the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Um, Mickey Say Moniak. that ten times fast. Mickey Moniak is uh, playing better in 17 games in May after an April where he was just 195 in 19 games. He's batting 319. That's up 60 points. He's got multiple hits in four of his last five games. So, you know, hopefully that's a good sign. Adam Hazley can continues to hit the ball well, too. Um, other thoughts on what you're seeing at Reading right now? Well, I think you're going to start seeing some movement to the AAA. My thought, if I were running the show, would be to move. GM Jeff. That's right. I would probably move Hazley up, even if it's a little bit too early. I thought he did well in spring training. I think that he's older. He's more mature. I think that he's the guy that should be moved to AAA, which gives guys at single A a chance to move up to double A. Um, what would you do with any of the arms right now? Any changes you make in the last couple seconds of the show? No, I think everybody stays where they are for the time being. I think that this is a good spot for everybody, and I think pitchers need a little more time to develop before moving them up. Any final thoughts before you head out to Lakewood this weekend? That is my final thought. I'm heading out to Lakewood. It's by the shore. That's profound. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be your lead-in every Thursday night to the Reading Fightins here on 610 ESPN. So we'll be back then. Enjoy the ball games. <laughs> <laughs>